Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Well, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. I'm fighting a bit of a voice issue here, so I'm going to apologize in advance. A friendly reminder when you're about to spend some of that hard-earned cash I hope you remember these fine sponsors, like one of our title sponsors, Regina Sports Performance Center, 1464 Broadway Avenue, a new center for excellence in the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes, featuring indoor football and soccer fields, three-on-three basketball courts, and for the average guy like me, cardio and weight training facilities all under one roof. Plus, they've got veteran therapist Scott Anderson on site for your physical rehabilitation needs. Our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics on Gabbles above Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina. Hold off father time in a naturally looking way. Crescinda's known for her caring and no pressure approach. And you can check her out on all social media platforms, Face First Medical Aesthetics. It'd be great to get a gift card from Face First for that significant other in your life. And Chris can help you with that. The U.S. Huskies are after their first Vanier Cup since 2006. Let's catch up with their stud defensive lineman, Riley Pickett. All right, Riley, uh, four and a half sacks this year, including the playoffs. Uh, give me a little uh, synopsis of your season personally so far. Well, you know, I started off the season hot. Um, I made a couple really big plays in Calgary first game of the year, and then uh, unfortunately halfway through the third quarter, uh, broke my thumb and had to get it surgically repaired. Uh, had to miss had to miss a game against UBC, which is my first uh, first ever missed game of any sport in my life, which is uh, pretty detrimental to have the Ironman weekend over a thumb. But uh, you know, other than that, it was it was good. Came back and um, had one of the best years that I've had playing football. And uh, this is usually the best group of guys I've played with and the best team that I played with. And uh, I'm just happy that I was able to play with the cast on all year. Yeah, so how has that been playing with the cast? How has it affected you? Because when I talked to you in the offseason, you were talking about the strength of your game being your uh, hand movements and and hand-to-hand combat. So how has that affected you in terms of uh, pass rushing and everything like that? Well, you know, for sure the first game back wearing the club was a huge learning curve. Um, You know, it just... uh, like nothing was the same like it wasn't the same feel out there it was heavy um you're like off balance all the time but you know probably about the third game after i broke it is when i started to uh, really come out first against regina i had a really good game um it was cold it was like a stop the run type of game because of the wind and stuff mm-hmm. and um that's kind of where i flourished and learned how to play with the uh play with the cast fully and now um for the past three games actually i've been out of the cast so it's been good so talk about nathan cherry he's a guy that's kind of burst on the scene you you kind of knew about him but he really has come on the scene this year and uh you know you guys uh form a nice little pass rush there up front oh yeah i always knew that nathan was a hell of a player um he's always been so technically sound he's been one of the guys that's like he's like me first in last out type of guy in the weight room in the film room any kind of thing like that so he's really motivated he's really talented and uh one of the hardest working guys that I know per, uh, personally. And our games just complement each other well. Like, we feed off each other. Um, you know, that's even the thing. Like, we were down 16 points, quick uh, few of them there. And Cherry, this nice, cool, calm, collected, just looks at me and he just says, let's just take this game over like we've done every other time. And, uh, you know, right after right after that, go out there, get a couple sacks, meet him each, get a, get one each, and, you know, flip the turn of the game for us. 
Sure helps though having a, a dude like Nick Weeb from Division uh, Division One A in, in the NCAA from the Oregon Ducks, Calgary kid, Okotoks kid, come here and play for you guys, and also Ramsey Derbis. Just talk about your uh, linebacking core. Yeah, our linebacking core definitely helps us flourish. You know, with all the calls that they make out there, all the adjustments, and all the um, all the attention that they get as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Weeb is uh, one of the best guys that I've played football with. Honestly, he's a sweet dude. Like me and him are me and him are super tight, like white on the ice. And, um, yeah, I'm just really happy that he came here. And uh, for as good as he is on the field, and he's a hell of a player, in my opinion, he should have been an all-star, should be an all-Canadian. But uh, he's, a, he's an even better guy as well. People say they can tell watching him that he played at the D1 level. Like, he hits like a truck. Yeah, he does. He, uh, he comes downhill like a Mack truck, that's for sure. Yeah. So uh, talk about this game. I mean, you guys aren't in unchar- uh, chartered territory. You've been here before a couple of years ago, uh, so you have experience, but it's time to take that next step, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think last time we won, like, we weren't really expecting to win the Hardy Cup. It was kind of like, oh, good job, guys. You know, like, hurrah. Um, no one really cares what happens in the next one, right? Yeah. This one, it almost feels like that we were expected to win. No one is really that amped up that we won. Just because, you know, that's the standard here now at Husky football. It's just um, winning hardy tops. And um, at the end of the day, you just need to go out there out east and uh, prove yourself and uh, prove the toughness of the game that we play out here in the skill level. And uh, hopefully we just come through. What do you know about uh, the Montreal Caravan? I know that they like to try to run the football power style. I know that they have a, a D1 transfer quarterback from Connecticut that likes to run. Um, he's got a hell of an arm. He's got good vision. He kind of makes like those Patrick Mahomes. Like you wouldn't have, a, you wouldn't even think he's going to throw the football. But he's, he, like, you know what I mean. They're supposed to dart right on the money. Yeah, like it's going to be a very uh, tough game for sure. Like they've got a three fifth year old lineman up front, so our D line is definitely going to like have a challenge this game for sure with just like the man on man strength. So if you guys win this, Riley, you definitely earned it. You you have to play two tough opponents. Like I personally think the uh, Ontario champs, Western, they pretty well have a free space in the bingo card. Beat the Quebec champs, and then you got to beat the winner of that uh, Western St. FX game, which unless something miraculous happens, will be Western. But the other thing is, is Montreal got an extra week off before the championship, which is, in my opinion, absolutely ridiculous. So you guys really have to climb all the hurdles to do this. Plus, you're traveling east to play Montreal in their own backyard. You know, honestly, we just been kind of talking about it all week and um, just saying, like, it's going to add to the story, right? It's going to add to the story. Um, kind of like the COVID thing, like, there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to uh, go out there and make the most of every situation and pass on your opportunities as they come to you. And obviously, this is the biggest opportunity that everybody uh, on the Huskies football team is going to play, right? Um, this is the biggest game that we'll play in our careers so far. It's going to be an awesome, it's going to be an awesome time there in Montreal, and it's, uh, the fan base is going to be absolutely electric, and it's going to be on the defense to go out there and shut them up. So, finish the sentence for me as you wrap this thing up. The U of S Huskies will win the UTEC Bowl if they... Stop the running on the ball and adapt. Perfect, man. Congratulations on getting this far, on overcoming your injury, and I hope to see you playing in the Vanier Cup. Yeah, man, me too. That'll be awesome. That'll be a dream come true for sure. And uh, you know, hopefully we can just go out there out east and make Saskatchewan proud. Well, here at Growing the Game with Ballsy, time to recognize another title sponsor, Thanks to Kevin Welsh of Hammer Time Roofing for getting on board with this podcast. 
Kevin's a great man, a great community leader, and a great supporter of football in this province. He's the kind of fan the CFL was in danger of losing with their vaccine mandate. Hope things can simmer down for next season so a guy like Kevin can uh, return to Mosaic Stadium under his belief system. Anyway, Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certainty roofing business. They specialize in GAF certainty and malarkey roofing products, and they offer a true manufacturer's warranty. Give Hammer Time Roofing a call at 262-ROOF. Time now for our second quarter sponsor. We'll tell you it's Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champion by calling 306-502-5355. Now, I used to play with Colin Erickson, former outstanding running back with the junior Regina Rams, longtime police officer, uh, in the canine unit, recently retired. Well, his son, Marshall Erickson, who's been on this podcast before, joins us again to talk about the Miller Marauders City and Provincial Championship. By the way, Erickson is continuing that name in Rams colors as he is committed to joining the University of Regina Rams and the Boys in the Horns. Should I call you champion, Marshall Erickson? City and Provincial Champs. How does that feel? It feels amazing. Uh, we saw it coming, and now we finally accomplished it. And there's no greater feeling than winning a virtual title here in Saskatchewan. Okay, so rewind it, buddy. You didn't play football. You had a break. Then you come out of COVID. Take me back to the, the real uh, start of the season. Did you guys honestly see this? Was that the discussion? We're winning this championship? What, what was the talk at the start of the year? Um, I think we knew. We could kind of see, like, size up to the other teams in Regina. Um we knew we had a good team. We knew we had good football players. Um, it was just a matter of how we were going to come together and if we could actually do it. I knew um, we all knew that we had a shot at it, um, and it was just a matter of taking advantage of our opportunity, and we did, accomplished it. 1988, I had a chance to win the city championship. Marco Ricci, my who's my longtime friend and Ram teammate, throws the ball into the end zone. O'Neill versus McGuigan, and it goes off of a couple of hands. And Tim Lip, who's a realtor in town, makes the catch before it hits the ground on his back. I got a clip of it. Somebody sent it to me to rub it in. So I never got to be a champion at the high school level. I thought I could have had a chance there. What's it like to finally hoist that trophy uh, in your own city, first off? In our own city, it's, I think it's a little bit sweeter. Um, there's always that rivalry between teams. Regina's so small. Um, you know pretty much everybody that you're going up against. So to be able to call yourself a champion and be able to actually be the team in the whole city that gets to lift that trophy, it's, there's no greater feeling than that, honestly. Okay, then what's it like to go and represent our city against Saskatoon? Tell me about that game and winning the uh, provincial championship. I think uh, the provincial championship game is a little bit different. Um, it's more you realize that you're playing for not only yourself, you're playing for, and not only Miller, you're playing for um, the whole city. You're representing Regina and um, Regina's football program and Regina's athletes. And so you realize that um, how you portray yourself in that game is not only going to um, come back with you, it's going to come back and represent the Regina football. football. Marshall Erickson, is there a, is there a play that's going to stick with you for the? Uh, there's a couple high school plays for me. The old, you know, I, I sound like Al Bundy here from uh, Paul Kai from uh, with my Letterman jacket. So I don't want to go down there and date myself. But you for, old fart. yeah, yeah, for you, for you, twenty years down the line, what are you going to remember? Is there a play, a game, a moment for you, Marshall Erickson, in this season? 
Um, I think there's a one drive um, that I will remember probably for the rest of my life. Um, it was halftime against the Bulls in the city final, and we realized that passing wasn't really working. Our outside runs weren't working, so we decided that we were going to do the same play, first drive, we're going to run the same play. It's an um, A-gap run, mm-hmm. and we ran it from the start to the finish. We ran it all the way down, um, and then I scored with a two-yard carry into the end zone. I think that's going to be the <laughs> Right down their throats. Right down same their play. throat. We're going to take it. We're going to remember. <laughs> we're the Marauders. We're going to take your booze. We're going to take your women, and we're going to win a championship. Sorry, I'm saying that to a high schooler. That's, that's what I assume a Marauder would do. So here's the big question before I let you go. Who's the better running back in the Erickson household? Marshall Erickson or his dad, Colin Erickson? And remember, he's not on the phone with me right now. It's me and you. Yeah. Um, so, I don't My dad accomplished some things that I, I'm hoping to accomplish myself. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I can call myself the better high school running back, but I still got some um, people to prove wrong, mm-hmm. um, people to prove right, and... Um, uh, I think when I go play university, I, we'll see what happens. And then we'll maybe ask me in a couple of years, and then we'll see who's the better running back. The one thing you need to work on a little bit to go to the next level is your is your size. Now, you got to watch. You don't want to be too big. It takes away from your quickness and speed and versatility. But do you think you need to work on that for your durability down the line? Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm going to have to um, gain some weight. Um, I think that weight that I'm going to have to gain is just going to have to come from hard work in the weight room, and I'm ready to put that in, so... Um, now that it's the off season, uh, I'll start going back to the gym and I'll get right to it. By the way, your dad played a Campbell, right? Yeah. Did he ever win a championship at high school? I think he won one, actually. Yeah. Did he win the whole thing though? Did he win a provincial championship? I, I'm not sure if he won a provincial No, he didn't. I don't think he did. I think he might've won. So you are the better running back. You tell your dad that and he's retired now, so he can't arrest you. So there you go. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Well, hey. <laughs> There's also another champion in the Erickson family. My brother won two provincial championships that's, with the Bulldogs. That's so. right. That's right. So so your brother's the best athlete in the house then, maybe. <laughs> uh, I got more yards. That's, what, that's my pride. <laughs> uh, that's good, man. Hey, Marshall, thanks for this. Congratulations on a memorable season. <laughs> Well, you've probably heard how drinking booze can hinder a man's performance in bed, but there's a new global expansive study involving over 200,000 men that has found evidence of the opposite. Drinking can indeed help a man firm up down below. Now, experts say a drink raises your nitric oxide levels, which widens blood vessels and improves circulation. And of course, that is crucial for a solid performance. Moderate drinkers had an 18% lower risk of being limp. Moderate drinking is described as up to six beers or six glasses of wine a week or less than a drink a day. There's no indication that the benefit happened in men who drank more than that. So maybe that's when it becomes a hindrance. Anyway, other benefits of drinking booze. Rolling that packed recycling bin to the street on trash day builds muscle tone. And if you don't want to do that, Take the empties back to Sarcan so you indeed can get more money for booze. When you spend all day leaning over the toilet, nobody notices you're balding. Who knows? Maybe you'll hit a golf ball as far as John Daly. Lighting your breath on fire livens up any parent-teacher conference. And another great reason to use alcohol. Well, duh. Have you ever listened to yourself sober? 
And good luck to Marshall Erickson as he continues his career over at the University of Regina. That's a good get for that program. Our third quarter sponsor is Doubles at Ag Sales in Weyburn and my buddy Corey Zadorozniak. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give Corey a call, 306-842-2406. I'm fresh off nine days in Grand Forks as I was watching my kid play some D1 college football at UND. What a great experience. The band playing in the parking lot and parading the team to the stadium past the fans in something they call the Hawk Walk. The tailgating for four hours before the game, even with a blizzard going on. That whole town gets into the game, even if they're not going to it. Now I know Grand Forks is a college town, but why can't we have something like that here in Canada? The Rams and Thunder absolutely must play all of their games at Liable Field. It's called supply and demand, folks. Make it the place to come with a party-like atmosphere and people are more likely to show up. I was at a Thunder game earlier this summer when they played the Rifles at Liable Field, and I watched it with Chris Getzlaff, by the way, and we both remarked at the time, this is how the amateur football experience should feel. Now, as far as universities are concerned, these athletic programs will not flourish, in my opinion, unless the administration and athletic departments get their heads out of their butts and stop treating the programs barely better than intramurals. As for the CFL, oh man, this league unfortunately is in big time trouble. The Elks can't draw 10,000 people to a game on a relatively nice November night in Edmonton. But on the same snowy turf at Commonwealth, the Canadian men's soccer team draws well over 40,000 both nights. Listen, I like Randy Ambrosi as a man, but as I said a long time ago about a former boss I had here, nice guys run the kinsmen. And where is Randy Ambrosi? He's gone AWOL. My sources tell me behind the scenes He's pushing this global idea and expect the XFL talk to fire up again in the offseason. I think the talks with the XFL previously did some damage to the credibility of this league among their hardcore fan base. Now Ambrosi, and I have to assume the Board of Governors, are trying to build the global brand when they don't even have a strong brand in Canada right now. The rest of the world watches the NFL, and that's not going to change, bud. In fact, the NFL, they're the leaders internationally too. So what the heck are we doing here? As far as I know, we've got no money coming back this way from this global initiative. It's time to focus on Canada before it's too late. Like I said time and time and time again, and I won't quit banging this drum. More Canadians, not less. A sustainable path for Canadians to be coaches and front office people. Listen. I still love the imports too. In fact, think about it. By adding more Canadians, if your imports are truly better, you'll make them stand out more, won't you? They're going to be like that ringer you pay for on your senior men's hockey team. I was talking to my buddy Jim Mullen, the president of Football Canada the other day, and he reminded me of a quote from former Alouette and Browns linebacker Tom Cousineau. The CFL is great. It's a pro league where guys can make a good living but it's got that collegiate feel to it. And if you ask any pro player to this day, their best memories, it's not pro football. It's a business then. It's their amateur days, their collegiate days. It's not rocket science, folks. It's gotta be fun. Give them a party and make them stay for the game. And when it comes to college, 
say UND, for instance. It's great for them to bring in a Scott Schultz from Moose Jaw or an Ethan Ball from Regina. But the backbone are local kids. Same thing with the Canadian Football League. Imports are the sizzle, the pizzazz, the highly touted Americans. Oh, Rocket Ishmael, Ricky Williams, Doug Flutie, Warren Moon. Trent Richardson, Vince Young, I wonder how they're gonna do. But the foundation are Canadians. The rules are the foundation. It's a culturally based game. This game is interwoven into the Canadian history. It is Canadiana. Remember the campaigns, our balls are bigger, radically different. We need that mentality back. Now, yes, it's going to take money and it's going to take hard work. You know, a Tom Shepard, knock on every door, get you in a headlock approach to selling tickets. Kind of like my buddy Larry Mueller does too, but it is doable. What's that old saying? Where there's a will, there's a way. Now the big question is, do we have somebody or some buddies that will lead us on the way to prosperity? It better happen soon, or we're going to be left with a $300 million snow dump on Elphinstone. Just before we get to our fourth quarter stretch here on Growing the Game with Ballsy, let's recognize my third title sponsor, Advantage Collision, in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Thanks to Ben Garrow for getting on board and supporting football in the province. Dude's a great rider fan, great CFL fan. We go back and forth on socials with our opinions on amateur football and the professional game. As far as Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA, they're your SGI Elite Accredited Auto Body Repair Shop. Locally owned and a certified Collision Care OEM approved shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. They manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. The high-performing, technically advanced team of experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Call Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. And our fourth quarter sponsor, Driven Automotive. They've offered superior auto repair services in Regina for the last 15 years plus. Their customers' total satisfaction is what they deliver. Check them out in North Regina on Broad Street. Time to catch up with Rams interim head coach, 
Mark McConkie. How are you today, Mark? I'm good. How you doing? Good, buddy. Okay, so uh, we do a pick six here, uh, football-related. We just do six topics. So I'm going to do six topics with Mark McConkie as they relate to the University of Regina Rams football team, okay? How does that sound? Sound good to you? Sounds good. Okay, Kyle Borse's future. Where does it stand? That's number one. Um, yeah, well, he still has a year left of eligibility, so we'll see see what happens when he goes to Bomber Camp again <clears throat> this summer. And if he gets sent back again, we'll be super happy for him. And if he ends up sticking, then that's great because that's always been his dream. So we'll we'll kind of see see what happens again. There's no, yeah, doesn't matter what I think. It's what the Bomber thinks. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, your thoughts on on uh, Kyle's performance this year? Yeah, I thought he had a good year. Uh, he did some <clears throat> did some things for us. Uh, obviously, we struggled running the ball, so we kind of try to find different ways to get him the ball uh, out of the backfield. And I think he did a good job catching the ball this year for us. Um, again, we'd like to see some some more more plays with him getting the ball between the tackles, but it, it is what it is, and injuries here and there, and we just have to find ways to get him the ball. And overall, I thought he played really well. Mark, who is your breakout player this year uh, on the Rams? Maybe a guy you didn't expect or a guy you did expect but we didn't know about and, and, and he had a breakout year. I have one in mind. Yeah, I'd say the biggest one I think would be Deshaun Mims. Yeah. Um, he was a bright spot for us. He <clears throat> came in during the COVID year, had a good year practicing, so we kind of knew what we had, uh, but he really stood out and he was definitely our top receiver this year. Mark McConkie, what did those horrible, horrific, gut-wrenching losses teach you as a coach going forward? Well, it's, it seems pretty basic, but you got to play all four quarters. Uh, we did a good job getting out to leads. Uh, that means we did a good job game planning. We just had to do a better job executing, uh, call better plays, whatever it may be in the in the second half. And ultimately, it comes down to, to execution, right? You get up, you got to be able to run the ball and uh, get first downs, and we just weren't able to do that. But what did it teach you? Like, what did it teach you as a as a as a coach, as a man, like to deal with that? You're standing in front of sixty guys that just had their heart ripped out week one, week what is it, week three, the week five. It was like, oh my god, can this get any worse? Yeah, no, it. Uh, I don't know if it could. That was tough. I know Coach Doby said he had probably one of those games every ten years, and we had three of them in one season. So, um, yeah, what we'll learn, we just got to learn to honestly just execute. We just got to just relax, one play at a time, just. We can't let one bad play lead into three and then into a bad quarter, and then that's what kind of how we got ourselves in trouble. When we got down, we just got down. We just got to be able to reset better as coaches and as players. Mark McConkey joining us here, Rams head coach. I don't want to call you interim because I think you should be the head coach. We'll get into that in a second. But how do we make college football in Canada a bigger draw? I just got back from the United States. Now, granted, Grand Forks is a college town. That's what it is, hockey, football, basketball, both men's and women's. They don't have a pro football team there. Minnesota Vikings, four hours away, the closest. But how do we, so they don't have that to compete like you guys do, but how do we make this a college sports town, a college football town where it's a bigger draw? That's a, that's a million-dollar question. Um, honestly, I think a lot of it comes to, like, promotion. Uh, once we get people to games, they'll see how, how fun they are. And they actually, honestly, like, I love the CFL, but I think it's more entertaining. I know the CFL seems to be more of a defensive league right now. Defenses are more dominant and, I think when you get to the youth sports level, it's more high-flying, more points scored, and that's what people want to see. Um, so I think we just have to get them in the stands. So whether that's through promotions, uh, cheaper tickets, whatever it may be, 
Um, just getting them kind of a taste for it, and then once they get in, they'll get hooked. I agree with you for two reasons. Number one, I think it is more exciting than the CFL, and I love both leagues, but because there are 20, what, 27, 29 teams, there's different offenses, different defenses, different philosophies. I find in a nine-team league, everybody runs the same variation of the defense or variation of the offense, so it kind of bogs the game down. I also think, and I don't know any backdoor agreements or anything like that, but I think the Rams and the Thunder should play all of their games at Libel Field. Supply and demand, make it an atmosphere. I don't care if you're playing in the big house. If you're playing in the big house and you got 2,500 fans, it's it, it, it doesn't look as good as if you got 2,500 fans at Libel Field. How do you feel about something like that? Yeah, for sure. I know we uh, in a normal year we play four home games and we always play one game there. We didn't this year because we only had three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 2019, we played Manitoba there, and it was, it was awesome. Again, it would have been not our biggest crowd, but it felt packed. I know... I know they're a little worried when we play the Huskies just because it is such a big crowd. They're like, that, that That definitely won't hold that game. Mm. Um, but maybe that's the one game we go to Mosaic. You're the interim coach. Uh, apparently, the search is on for a coach. My first question to you as it relates to this, are you happy that they're doing a nationwide search? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had this conversation a few times, obviously, throughout the season and right now. And um, ultimately, if, if I went 5-1, and one, and we won the Hardy Cup, it'd still be a national search. And if I went one and five, which we did, uh, it's still a national search. And, and I'm okay with that. And then they, like I told the Rams board and the university, I'm 100% cool with this because I want to apply. I want to earn a job. I don't want anyone to be like, oh, they only gave it to him because he was there. He was convenient. So I want everyone to apply. I want to go up against the best. And I want to earn the job uh, the right way. And I think that's, that's life. You don't want anything given to you. You always want to earn it. So this way... If I go through the process and I get named the head coach, uh, you kind of you, you keep those naysayers quiet a little bit, being like, oh, they just gave it to him because he was there. Uh, it's like, no, I, I applied for it. I earned it. Everyone else, I beat out everyone else in the interview process. So that's kind of my philosophy in life and obviously my philosophy with this process. Yeah, but you, in my opinion, didn't you earn it? You You were with this team through troubled waters through 18 months and you weren't even the coach yet, and you held it all together, and you did it with some injuries uh, on the O-line and at the quarterback position, and you guys could have won three. You should have been 4-1 and one at one point. Like, to me, you earned it. That's what I would say if I was Mark McConkie's agent. Do you not agree with that? No, I mean, that's, that's fair for sure, and I, I'll definitely uh, I'll bring that up in the interview process, but um, at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is, and I was told that from the beginning, and I honestly i am okay with it. We, um, they asked me initially, they said, is it okay? like, are you okay at this? You can say no. And I said, nope, I'm good at it. I want to earn it 100%. Okay, so how will you feel if one of your uh, coaches applies for the job on your staff? I'd be 100%. I've actually encouraged a few other guys, uh, whether they're not coaching here or are coaching here, to apply as well. Um, at the end of the day, best guy's going to get the job, and they're gonna, that's going to be what's best for the program. Awesome. Okay, one more extra point. If you can help me out, okay? If you can help me out with this, I'd be greatly appreciative of it, okay? So, I know you don't like to promote other guys. You've got great athletes. I'm a Ram guy, alumni, so you know I'm, I'm your guy, okay? But I have, I have since grade 10 been on this kid's bandwagon. Mason Nias, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. The all-star quarterback. He had three more touchdowns in a playoff game and one pick. 19 touchdowns, three interceptions. His team outside of week one has been in first place the whole time. So he is playing the most important position on the best team in the conference record-wise. He wins the first team all-star quarterback and he's not the 
most outstanding player in Can West. It's Tyson Philpot. No disrespect to Philpot. He had nine touchdown grabs, over 700 yards, but he played on a losing team. They were two and four. How how do you like? As far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, do you not coaches get in a room and vote? Is that true? First of all, is that true? Do you guys vote? The coaches vote on this. They do, yeah. We do a Can West coaches poll, yeah. Okay, so can you just help me out? Maybe I'm way off base. How does it, and how is he the unanimous pick? Like, I, 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 I'm scratching my head here, bud. Yeah, it's always, that's, a, that's a great question. Again, I will 100% agree with you. Nias was a, is a great quarterback. Uh, he plays on a great team, and he's done a great job this year. And again, I, he deserves the, um, the first team all Canadian quarterback. Um, it's, it's tough. This is where it gets kind of gets tricky. And again, we talked about this obviously in our coaches meeting is when you're comparing two different positions, right? You're comparing a quarterback to a receiver. Um, and when you kind of compare, like, Nias is the best quarterback in Canada West, but Josiah Joseph is right there on his tail. Again, he threw for, I think, more yards than him, um, got hurt one game. So that was kind of thing. No one compares to the Phil Pot, um, to Tyson. And that was kind of what ultimately decided it, I believe, in the, in the coaches' meeting was Tyson's in a league of his own um, as a player in U Sports. Like, he's the best U Sports player in the country. And that's ultimately what decided it. And again, I know you go, you look at all these awards, the MVP, and even in the NFL, CFL. So, but usually, it usually goes to the guy who's got the best record. So that would be a, a Mason Nias kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what Tyson did this year, even on a, a, a losing team, uh, was pretty incredible and pretty impressive. And I think all the coaches saw that, and we all understand it. And we're like, this guy is a generational player. I, I, I hope we don't see another guy like him going against us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what ultimately gave him the nod. Um, and obviously it was unanimous, so all the coaches agreed uh, on it. So that, that must say something, too. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate you for uh, filling us in. I, I, I do appreciate that. Thank you very much, Mark, and best of luck. And I hope I'm talking to you as head coach of the Rams uh, next year. Take care, my friend. Thanks, Bobby. Well, I'm a little biased, but I thought growing the game installment 318 has been great. So let's go a little extra time. It's the extra point, and I'm joined now by Zelko Stefanovic. He runs the SAS Selects football program, and for the first time since the pandemic, they get to take their talents to another country. They're down in the U.S. Let's catch up with Zelko, guy that supported this podcast that helped my kid get to where he is. 
down in the United States, the guy who's running the SAS Selects football program, Zelko Stefanovic. How are you today, Zelko? I'm in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, Michael, so things are good. Yeah, it's awesome, buddy. You guys are rolling the dice with the football program down there. Your first trip since the pandemic, how does it feel to be in another country playing some football? Well, it's crazy, man. Like, you know, last year we had set up, we had such an unbelievable varsity team. We had, we had actually set up a game against the IMG Academy to go to Florida. And then, of course, things went sideways when they, uh, when they shut things down even further and we couldn't go. So this is actually our first venture out, out of the province uh, since we've been able to, right? So uh, we're here, man. Like, we're ready. The kids are all flying in today. The coaches come in today. Awesome, man. So tell me, do you guys get a chance to check out that new Allegiant Stadium there, the, the Raiders' new stadium? Well, there's a lot of people going on tours right now, so <laughs> it's supposed to be unbelievable. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to go to go yet, but uh, but uh, quite a few people did. So uh, tell tell the folks that don't know what this is all about, what the SAS Selects football program is all about, and uh, the age group and who you'll be playing. Well, listen, like uh, you know, I mean, we we're we're a long long term athletic development program. Uh, you know, we. We focus essentially on, on fun, fundamental skill development for the kids uh, from 10 all the way up to varsity. You know, we have some grade 12 kids in our program. Uh, and, you know, we spend the entire winter. We start in November, uh, you know, early November this year. And, and uh, we go right through February where we make a, you know, traditionally we, may, we went to San Antonio or on a trip to kind of, you know, uh, cap off our, our winter training season. This year, because we have such an unbelievable group of, you know, 13, 14, and 15-year-olds um, that would otherwise have a hard time making our, our varsity squad, which we, you know, being our 10th anniversary and all, and we thought, well, you know what, let's see if we can find them, find these 15-year-olds, you know, some games somewhere. And lo and behold, we got together with these guys at the Pigskin Classic here in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're here, man. <laughs> it's, uh, and uh, I tell you, it's it's been uh, it's been a uh, it's been kind of a uh, uh, you know trying to set everything up between our mm-hmm. tryouts at the Yara and then trying to get ready for these games, you know, with these three teams. So, you know, we have smaller rosters down here. We only have 26, 27 kids on on each roster, and so a lot of the kids are going to be asked to go both ways uh, in these games, which is you know Iron Man football, right? So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. going to be should be an interesting. Uh, an interesting experience, that's for sure. How many games are you playing? Uh, it looks like we're going to be playing between two and three games, depending on how well we do, right? Mm-hmm. So if we make it all the way to the finals, just very similar to our San Antonio stuff, if we make it all the way to the finals, uh, we're probably going to end up playing three games. So you, you fared very well in San Antonio. How do you think you'll line up here in Vegas? No idea, Michael. Like <laughs> we were, I was talking to some of the coaches last night. There's, there's teams here from Alaska. Uh, there's a team from Kansas City, lots of teams from California, uh, some teams from Utah, you know, some teams from Nevada here. So, you know, they open, uh, they play a wide open style of West Coast offense, right? So, um, which is very suitable to our style of game, right? Because, I mean, you know, we teach our quarterbacks to throw and our linemen to block and, and of course, our running backs to, to run with the ball, right? So, uh, you know, I think we're going to match up well, but you never know until that, you know, that's, the opening whistle blows, right? Hey, so you don't get, I know this for a fact, you don't get rich doing this. In fact, it costs you money in a lot of cases, man. Um, so why do you do it? 
you don't have kids doing it anymore. They help you out with coaching and stuff, but why do you do it? Oh man, you know what? Like I tell you, man, it's it's been a it's been an absolutely incredible experience for everybody that's been involved. Not just for me and Deb, but for all of our coaches. Uh you know, we have coaches that have been with us for nine, ten years now. You know, they keep coming back year after year and you know, them as well as us, I mean, it's all about the development, right? And, you know, when you see these kids, the other day I took a picture, or Jerry Friesen took a picture of the U of S boys. You know, there's 14 former selects players playing on the U of S. I mean, look at your boy who's playing at, you know, SDSU, uh, at UND. I mean, we have three other boys playing in the U.S. We have a whole pile of kids playing at, at the U of R, and then some kids in Ontario, Queens, you know, Junior football from BC to Alberta to Saskatchewan. I mean, you know, to see these kids flourish in a, you know, in a game that they absolutely love is unbelievable to us. And that's why we keep doing it. And I tell you, you know, if you look at, if you look at what we did last year, groups, groups of eight in developing kids, uh, you know, we spent hours and hours on end doing indie time. Like, I mean, come on, you know, uh, it was, it was so hard on the coaches. And I tell you, my hat is off to those guys, but I, t- it, it's proved that the kids are lacking that individual skill development, those fundamentals, right? I mean, listen, you and I both coached and, and uh, at all levels, and you know what you do uh, during your season. You prepare for the next game. So a lot of that stuff that we're teaching the kids gets missed, and not, not because it's intentional, but because you're prepping for the next game, right? So last winter we did two hours every weekend of indie time, right, which is so hard, right? And the kids were grinding. But, Michael, if you look at the results of what we did last winter and how the kids played this summer, it's been unbelievable. Like a spring league, uh, when we took on, uh, you know, North you know, North Spring League or Saskatoon, I mean, those 15Us and 16Us, they absolutely, and, I, and then the scores, the scores are, you know, is, is, the, is the proof of it, right? I mean, it was, it was like 87 to nothing combined score for the 16U, right? Mm-hmm. Those kids are learning and getting a lot out of the program, right? And I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not saying, like, what Lenny and Kelly do with the RMF is unbelievable, right? You know that, right? The U16 program is unbelievable. Uh, we just add that added dimension where we're actually helping the kids develop their fundamental skills, right? Yeah, yeah and I think, there's so, a mi- I think there's a misconception, and we've talked about this before, I think on the radio program, that... You know, people might be concerned that you're trying to take people away from Canada. That's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to open them up to all types of opportunities. And and I can speak to it myself. Like, my son was a receiver his entire career. And he played a little bit of defensive back. He has made the full-fledged switch to safety. Now, it takes talent, and you have to be coachable. But he just had his exit meetings, and they told him if he has a good spring... Their words, not mine, that he has a good chance to start and they want to build their secondary around him. Think about that. Kid from Saskatchewan that worked with Zelko, that went down on the tour of the camps with you, that did those types of things. And it's not that you're trying to take kids away from Canada. You're trying to expose them to the entire world of North American football where if you want to put your mind to it, if you're going to buy in with these skills and everything like that, you could take it as far as you want. Well, I, man, listen, like your kid's a special kid, right? To, to be able to get a scholarship in the U.S. playing a, a, a skilled position is crazy. I mean, you know what? To get a 
to get a scholarship to win the lottery in the U.S. as a lineman is incredible, right? But to get it to have it happen and 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 play a skill position that's unheard of. It's unheard of. I mean, you got you see guys that are playing that are running four three four four forties that that are that are getting that kind of attention, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell you. You know, man, I, I, like I've been, I've been screaming this, you know, as loud as I possibly have been, I can, and have been over the last ten years. You know, like our kids are so much better than everybody in Saskatchewan gives them credit for, right? And I mean, you know, the old adage of, you know, if you're good enough, they'll find you. That's the biggest bullshit story ever, man. Like I tell you, you have to get out there. You have to do. It's hard work. You have to develop yourself. You have to work at your craft, you know, and 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 go and get seen by those coaches who are making the decisions. Right? Look at look at look at Ethan. I mean, golly, man! Like that kid is he's he's proof, living proof of of if you work hard. And I mean, that kid works hard, man. Uh, and and you stay focused, and you and and you're determined to get somewhere. You can do it, and and like I said, your kid is living proof. We have another one, Max Balstrak. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he 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 plays. A, I mean, he had a he play, he's at Clearwater right now at a prep school. I mean, did you? I don't know if you saw. He had a pick in the in the in the game the other day. He had a pick. He had ten tackles, and he had a pass breakup playing defense. Uh, playing uh, 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 a slot corner. I mean, you know, to, to see stuff like that coming out of this province is. Come on, man! Like, can you yeah. imagine? No, that's outstanding. Ten years ago, like ten years ago, if you would have said to people, "Oh, we're going to have a bunch of kids going to U.S. to play football," you're crazy. I mean, they would have thought you're certifiable, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's starting to happen more and more. And I tell you, your kid, Max, they're paving the way now. Like, I have coaches from the U.S. calling me, said, "Hey, what do you got?" You know, and and uh, it's 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 totally turned the tide. Uh, totally. Well, this guy right here is the reason why the tide is turning, along with his coaching staff and his great wife, Deb. Uh, we wish you luck in Vegas, and I can't wait for you to send me back some pictures, buddy. All right, man. You take care, Michael. Thank you for the call. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.